If you're ready to finally start putting the pieces together and get a head start on your sober curious journey, you've got to get in my program, Awaken Sober Living. The secret sauce that really brings it all together is asking the right questions and then actually answering them. And then we go a little bit deeper. So if you're over the trap of trying to figure it out with moderation and stopping and starting all the time, this is the space for you to get a whole new perspective and make space for something new to come through. And that something new is more of you. There'll be a link right here in the show notes for you to go on over and get right in there. You can also just go to visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and we will get going. I'll see you on the inside. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world eliminate their desire for alcohol by claiming themselves as author of their own life. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my Stop Drinking and Start Living program that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules of what you thought was possible and the profound journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so excited that you are here. Now on with the show. Welcome. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. How are you doing this week? I am really hoping that you're getting a little bit of spring fever. It's coming. It's happening. Um, My season tree that I watch, the branches are pink again. There's little buds. However, we were very eager and got some uh, plants in the ground in our garden and we had a huge hail storm yesterday and there was little patches of snowy ice on the ground. So I have to go potentially replant our strawberries in the greenhouse. Um, (laughs) Mother nature has her own plans, of course, but it's always a reminder to me that this is how I am today right? When I see nature shifting so quickly as it does in the Pacific Northwest, the springs are very, a little bit manic where it's like hail and wind. And then later, like right now the sun is coming out and the clouds are partying. And it really is just such a representation for how one can experience so many facets of emotion in one day. Like we can live this whole amazing life (laughs) in one day, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to do so. And of course, as you know, or maybe may not know the full extent of how much alcohol is really overshadowing the presence of this one magical life where, I mean, that was my experience yesterday was like very in tune with the winter or with, excuse me, the spring weather was like, I woke up feeling a little deflated, a little melancholy, 
Um, and then I had a call with, um, a coach who's helping me create some videos for my business. And she asked me all these really amazing and beautiful, inspiring questions. And I got to just be in the vibration of my amazing clients and all their success and the impact of that on the world. And soon my existential melancholy turned into, passion and freedom. And then I was coaching people and then I was creating content. And then we had our very first community circle. Oh my. So first I wanted to clarify, if you're not on my mailing list, this is how you can gain access to the community circle. It is a monthly community circle for people in the Stop Drinking and Start Living community, which you are a part of. So just get on the mailing list. So it is a free monthly circle for women and it is a ritual and it is a time to share. The the membership portal is separate and that's where the call recording so that people can practice the ritual on their own time can still really feel a part of that sharing community. Now, the reason that I know this is so important is because we're not coming to, you know, necessarily just tell the stories of the woes of alcohol, but coming to really see and re- repattern the beliefs that we have about what it means to show up in community as women and to be seen because there's such a strong belief about alcohol that it is the way to be social, but it is a traumatic imprint of being able to just be independent and like that we don't need to share, that we don't need to be seen and be heard exactly as we are that we need, there is this uh, placeholder of alcohol to buffer our our intimacy with our relationships and and why we want them to be like that. I'm not sure. And there's no shame around that. And of course you, you can have, you know, surfaced channel one relationships where you talk about the weather with anyone, like that's not a problem. But what we believe about the connection that we're having because of alcohol is actually the opposite of what's true. And so when I started to sit in sacred circle and community with other women, what I realized was it was alcohol that was taking away, alcohol was taking away my ability to connect in relationships, not that that I was going to be losing something, that I was giving up something if I got alcohol out of my way. Getting alcohol out of my way has only given me and my clients more. It has such a ripple effect of the capacity that we have to be seen, to go deeper, to connect, to find just more meaning, experiences, fun, joy, ease, right, out of this life. And, And it doesn't mean that that we don't experience hardship and and trauma and challenges, but our capacity to hold space for them and to see the other person and to celebrate and to have fun and be more joyful and actually have the chemical capacity to to, um, experience some of those natural wonder and awe chemicals um, also comes back online. Because with the presence of alcohol um, on a biochemical in a biochemical way, it actually reduces your ability to feel natural joy and pleasure. So you are taking away 
when you, when you stop drinking, you aren't giving up anything. You're only ever gaining something. It's, it's just such a small, small percentage of what, you know, is available in this life. And the reason that you're here is because it's overshadowing and it's exhausting, right? You can't really see past that boulder. You can't really see that alcohol is simply a liquid in a glass that's that's taking away, or at least you you don't know how to get it out of your way. You do see that it's taking away from something because you're here, right? That you, you're not as energized as you want to be. You're not sleeping as good as you want to be. You're not pr- as present with, as you want to be. You're less patient, right? So there's all of these reasons why you're here, but until it's a fully cleared out, you don't bring life to the benefits of a of an of an adult a, li- a life lived as an adult with alcohol out of your way. And some of you may have even experienced extended times where alcohol was out of your way and like you felt really good energetically, but you didn't have the full mindset shift and you didn't have really build new tools for for emotional processing and resilience. Like you weren't as curious about life as you could be. So it was kind of like a little mediocre. And that's why the Stop Drinking and Start Living program is also for people who I would call sober and stuck, people who are living an alcohol-free life, but they're not really enjoying it and they're feel they're feeling like they're in deprivation because this process works on the before, the during, and the after. Because it's the after, like we can get alcohol out of our way, but it's like, now what, right? That we really have to work on solving the other problems. So it doesn't just leave you hanging with, okay, alcohol's out of my way, which I feel like is... Um, you know, kind of what there are some other systems, especially people that have had treatment, things like this. Um, so it's a full spectrum, right? And this, the, so the circle is the opportunity for, for us to really not need to be shameful about asking for support, right? This, I asked this in my last, um, local women's circle that I held is what is the thing that you want support for that you're, that you feel not safe to ask for. And this idea that asking for support in some way makes us less capable or less weak is such a, a fallacy. And, you know, for me, I'm really good at delegating. I have no problem asking for what I need because I'm willing to hear no, right? So if you're willing to hear no and not make it mean anything about you or your relationships, if you're like, oh, okay, that person just doesn't have that capacity right now, right? Like, I want someone to say no. I don't want them to do a half-assed job on what I'm asking them or do it, do it when they don't really want to. Like, I don't want people to people please me because um, I can either just do it myself or find someone else. But that that idea of asking for support, like I can do it on my own, or or you know, it's like it's not serving you or anyone else because you know, it's like if you go if you offer someone something to eat or something to drink and they say no because they think they're being polite. Well, you just turn down someone's offer, right? They just turned down your offer and you wouldn't offer if you didn't really want to feed that person, right? And if you are just being polite, then just don't offer and hoping they don't take you up on it, right? So we, we've been indoctrinated into this, this culture where we can't share, we can't ask for support. And it's just not true. Like no one really believes it, right? And you will, we are attracting like-minded women who are really 
wanting to dive into the sentiment of life, wanting to have more experiences. And the only way to have more experiences and kind of break the molding and break the box and to to change and to grow is to be vulnerable because vulnerability doesn't mean you have to share your deepest, darkest secrets with someone and expose all of your trauma. Vulnerability means putting yourself out there without expectation and, and, and you know, kind of seeing what the result is, is getting, you know, being curious is getting, being vulnerable in some ways. And then you have the compassion and the support to back it up, right? Because there's no right or wrong way. So when you go into vulnerability with curiosity, that kind of does give you a little bit of a buffer, right? You're like, I'm just showing up. I'm not going to have any expectations of myself. I'm not going to have any expectations of the other person. And I'm just going to see what happens, right? Like this is how we create everything. This is what science is all about. It's like, you know, why we've the invention process, right? So it's like you get to be the the inventor of of what's possible for you, right? Like going into the lab and like just shaking some things up, right? I think one of the best ways to do this, I did like a little post on this the other day, is to buy something that you feel like isn't really you. Like wear a new outfit that's just kind of like outside of what you would normally wear to step into this kind of another version of yourself, something that would represent for you who you are would like to become or an essence of that, right? And they, it's like there's that saying of like dress for like the job you want all the time, right? So when you're out there and you're cultivating that energy in real time, it's like you just get, nothing's permanent, right? Like if you don't really like the dress and it's uncomfortable, get rid of it. But just trying it on, being in that energy. And that's why I love movement and I love to dance because it puts you in these different physical shapes where you get to experience just being a new, a new version of yourself. And I think that's so, so powerful. So I'm just wanted to say, if you are not on my mailing list, please get on because then you can come to the community circle. And the way that it works is you don't have to share. But I offer a practice and then we just go and share questions and it's really safe and sacred and beautiful and the information is not shared. We take a little Cree, a little, some vows to, to commence the, the confidentiality. And that is separate from the Stop Drinking and Start Living program. It's part of it, but, um, it's not the coaching where we actually come in and apply the tools, but it's the other layer of starting to generate the evidence for you that you aren't alone, A, <laughs> and that other women just like you who are amazing mothers, entrepreneurs, like doing all of these things out in the world um, are, you know, going through this process and that there's all this other stuff happening. So when we gain clarity, we can bring this to the table and, and just really talk about what we're celebrating, right? What our growth edge is and what we're remembering, what we're awakening to. And it's just so powerful. I love it. It's my, it's like the most favorite part of my entire life. I wanted to quickly give a shout out to my client, Paula, who wrote me a beautiful testimonial and all of her amazing success. This testimonial is so powerful. I really want you to listen to the difference of where she was to where she got, (laughs) and the the path through the process of the stop drinking and start living method. 
My journey to change my relationship with alcohol has restyled my entire life. I began the journey only knowing how to be a daily drinker. I felt that at best I could maybe moderate. Mary provided me with the fundamental realization that I did not have to settle, that I no longer needed to wander, but I could build a more direct, purposeful path to follow. From that moment on, Mary guided me in rethinking what I naively believed was unimaginable for so many years. A life independent of alcohol is not only viable, it is a choice I now have the confidence to make every day. To have the awareness that the social pull of a worldwide drinking culture is not welcome in my life and knowing that Mary is always here for me is priceless. Okay. <laughs> Restyled my entire life. I just love that. It's like redecorating, right? Like getting a remodeling project on your bathroom, right? Where you go from like vinyl to just like, just like custom tile or something, right? I love this. Or again, trying on a new, a new outfit. But this part, the fundamental realization that I did not have to settle, right? It was like, it wasn't even an option until she gave herself permission to be curious, to build a more purposeful path to follow. So right now, that's why it doesn't stick, right? Because when I talk to people of what they tried before to just change the process of alcohol, it was just, I just tried not to drink. I tried to substitute, right? I tried to distract myself, and that's where what I want to talk to you about on the, today's episode is about ending el- the confusion around alcohol. So to build a more purposeful path, it's like if you want to build a house, you need to start with the blueprints. If you want to put a roof on the house, you have to start with a foundation. You have to start with the framing. Then, you know, and then you put the walls on. Like it literally is the same thing. And we don't see it in that way because it's not tangible. But when you start to see the impact on your life and you generate evidence, which we pull out at every turn of we were constantly evaluating where is the evidence? How did it work differently? How did you have less desire, less attachment, right? So there's a purposeful path to follow. And then like that maybe I could moderate at best. And I, in what I naively believed was unimaginable, right? Like that, that is not even part of the process and that it's a choice that you can make with confidence. And, you know, those are the pillars of what this program really represents is clarity so that the more direct path to follow, the confidence that I have the the tools and the skill set to process my emotions, to plan ahead of time, to understand what the difference between the, the thoughts of the habit and the thoughts of what I really want, my truth, right? So that, and that, so I have the confidence and I've practiced it and that the commitment to, to stay in alignment with what is welcome in my life. Like the worldwide drinking culture, just because it's someone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to, right? Like this is what we grow up telling our children. Just because someone else is jumping off a bridge doesn't mean you have to, right? It's like, yeah, this is just part of it, right? And like we have that thought and that thought's just not useful. It's like, well, drinking's just part of this. So what, right? It's not what you want. So who cares if someone else is doing it, right? And as adults, and this is where that we build the confidence, really stepping into, I'm making the healthiest choice for me, right? We downplay 
so much of our power, so much of our amazing choices that we do because we're afraid that we're too much or we're too bragging, we're going to make someone else feel bad. And I talked about that on this last episode, right? And it's like, you can be proud of what you do without putting someone else down. Those two things are not synonymous with with one another, right? In fact, it's going to be the opposite. So shout out there. And I just wanted to, that I, that testimonial just blows my mind every time. So today ending the confusion around alcohol. Okay. There's three main reasons that you're confused about alcohol right now. And I just want to clear them up for you. The first one is why do I want something that I don't really want? Why do I love this thing that keeps causing me pain? Why, um, you know, do I keep drinking even when I tell myself I'm not going to be? That's the biggest place that you're confused, right? The second place that you're confused is you think it's just about drinking less. If I could just drink less, right? The third place you're confused is you think that the plan or that the list, you know, the reading the book, the following the sober curious Instagram, the listening to this podcast is creating change. Now it might be priming you. I definitely have had clients that have listened to the show for like a year and it was priming them (laughs) to get, to, to, to get inspired, right. To take the action, right. So just because you have the plan, just because you have the blueprints and I gave this analogy in an email today is much different than soaking in the tub. And I want to get you soaking in that deep, soaking tub, right? And if you don't like baths, <laughs> then insert whatever feels really luxurious to you, right? A hot a hot tub or a sauna, right? Like you have the plans, you can see it, you you see it's possible. There's no doubt in your mind that it could actually happen. You you bought the tickets, you know, you've bought the tickets to the vacation. It's much different than like putting this your you know, your toes in the sand. And that is the difference, right? Because right now it's like you you hear me talking about it, but until you jump on the plane, until you pay the contractor, you're not going to be soaking in the hot tub, in the, in the bath. And that's the difference. So the reason that you want something that you don't really want is because it's simple. It's easier and it's a learned behavior. And I've talked about this a lot on the show, but I just want to reiterate it because people will start this process and they're like, but I still don't understand. And I'm like, it's just a learned behavior. It's a habit, right? It's why you walk, you stand up out of your bed and walk instead of crawling because it's easier and it's a learned behavior. The other reason is because it's a drug and it's it's an addictive and habit forming by nature, Right? If you've ever taken a prescription medication, if you've ever, you know, even had a diet that you had to change that was full of sugar or sugar really, and maybe even in the form of like carbohydrates, um, that it is challenging to change or anything that you're consuming on a regular basis. Alcohol is a very, very strong chemical that anyone will be form a habit to with frequency and duration. And I, the best way I've heard this describe this metaphor is there's a guy named Alan Carr who I haven't actually read his book, but someone told me this the other day and it's so good. He wrote a book about stopping drinking and stopping smoking. And 
there's this fallacy that alcohol, well, it's really fading that alcohol has any value. We know in the medical community now that it, um, there is no, there's no health benefits to alcohol. Um, but it is a tool. I will give that like, it is, it has been a tool for people to cope when they literally have nothing else, literally have no other tools of resilience. But my guess is, is when you're, doing anything out in the world, like you have a job and a family, you have the tools of resilience. You just haven't applied them to the situation and it could be done more efficiently. But he says, when we look at people, you know, you look out in the Vista and you see people drinking the whole world, right? And you can't really tell what's happening, but all those people are standing in quicksand and there are they don't really look like they're moving and they're but and they're all moving at different rates and some of them are sinking faster some of them are lower some of them are higher but they are all in quicksand anyone that is drinking is in quicksand cuz there's only one way forward literally only one way forward with alcohol and that's why moderation doesn't work so we don't we do drink less but through the drinking less process is like very intentionally desiring alcohol less it's not a plan to moderate. It's a plan to eliminate the desire and reduce the desire in specific areas. So you are drinking less, but not with the intention to moderate, right? But it does give you and generate evidence. But I love this analogy of a quick, the quicksand. I've seen it time and time again. It's like you with, with more regularity, with more frequency, with the amount, I would say that that's the piece that's the biggest distinguishing factor is how much you're drinking, um, that take, that does cause, um, the chemical levels in your body and brain to be more imbalanced, right? So if you're drinking a couple of glasses of wine every day versus if you're drinking two bottles of wine every day, but the, um, the, the, the trigger, the reward response is the same regardless of how much you're drinking. You're still reinforcing that patterning. And that's why moderation doesn't work. Because if you go from two bottles of wine to one bottle, okay, great. You know, you're doing less damage. But if you go from one bottle to one glass, you're still reinforcing that pattern, that association, and it will be with you forever. And it will still make alcohol an exhausting part of your life. So that is why you want something that you don't really want is because it's an addictive and habit forming chemical by nature. And it has become a learned behavior, cognitive behavioral learning, right? You ring the bell, the dog drools, same thing, same thing, the way that we learn everything. We just have an extra layer here where unlike food that we need to survive, this has an unnatural chemical reward. No one needs alcohol to survive and it's doing something to the body in an unnatural way where if you have a carbohydrate, you have a, a natural sugar, it'll give you a burst of energy, right? But I, when I'm talking, I'm trying to talking about unnatural sugars, you know, like lots of processed or like ice cream, for example, right? Like it's going to take a while. It takes a little while to, to, to move out of that. But the process is the same too with changing the thoughts. So this is number two, where you're confused. You think it's just about drinking less. And so I kind of covered that from the first confusion, but 
it's never the action. It's the thoughts about alcohol because you have drank less at some point and you went right back to where you were, right? It was like you started all over because your thoughts and your emotions around it never changed. And what I've found is the alcohol does have to get out of your way so you can gain clarity of your brain, so that you can rebalance, so that you can focus, you can gain access to higher states of thinking. Because when, el- when you're constantly processing alcohol, you're in a constant detoxification process and you're also in survival mode. You're always in kind of a fight or flight pattern of a higher state of anxiety where your nervous system is is reacting, right? Where you're, you're um you're not responding, you're not being deliberate. There's so you're really living in your root chakra, your your lower center, centers of your lower energy centers versus when you get alcohol out of your way there's an opening, there's a release. Some of that initial exhaustion goes away, but it's about 25% the rest of it is the emotions and the thoughts. It's restructuring and rebuilding a new framework. And so when you're just thinking, oh, if I could just drink less, if I could just drink less, if I can just get through today, well, that's great. But what are the thoughts going into it? How are you, how are you processing that urge? Are you allowing that urge or are you avoiding that urge? Are you replacing it? Are you thinking about the stressors in your life in new ways so that you can, instead of thinking, I have so much to do, you think, I, everything's handled. I know exactly what I'm doing, right? Those two thoughts are so different. Oh my God, I have so much to do. It's going to be a crazy week. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Versus, no, no, I know exactly what I'm doing and I've got this on lockdown, right? Like those two things, saying those two statements create such a different, relaxation doesn't come from an action. It comes from a thought. Overwhelm doesn't come because of a to-do list. Overwhelm comes because of the way you think about it. Now, there are natural triggers out in the world that create an immediate emotional response more based on deeper ingrained behavior like alcohol, Um, but there's still a subconscious thought you're just not aware of it. So what we do in, in the Stop Drinking and Start Living program is we slow down that process to get curious of like, I just, I have an urge for alcohol. Why? Why do I need a drink right now? Why do I want a drink right now? Right? And getting really curious about it. And then that is what's going to actually create your results. If you only ever focus on the action of anything and your thoughts and your emotions stay the same, you will end up with the same results. You will white knuckle your way through it. You will hustle your way through quitting, trying to quit drinking, and you will end back up where you are. Like you can't just, you can't hide out from life, right? You want to get better at being human. And that's what this process is all about. It's human school. It's the process of be having fun and making being human easier, right? This is what I teach you. And this is what you will learn from other people getting coached in the program. Okay. So you are also telling yourself that you're giving up something, right? And this is what I talked about at the beginning about the circle. It's like, you're not giving up anything. You're only gaining. You are only adding more to your life. And when you focus on that, which is what we do, we make the plans on purpose to where are you focusing your mind, 
right? Where you focus your attention, your energy will flow. So if you're only ever focused on alcohol or if you avoid it altogether, it is going to still run the show. And then the third thing that you're confused about is what happens when we take in information, especially self-help information, is we get a little dopamine rush, right? We get this like, oh yeah, I can do that. I'm inspired. This sounds amazing. I'm here. I'm listening to this, which I'm so glad you're here. This, it really is, you're, you are already getting curious about alcohol, right? You're already starting to be honest with, with the truth that it doesn't matter who this is working for or not working for, but it's not working for you. So that is why you're here. And so I want you to know you take those and you amplify them when you actually start doing the work, right? So you've listened to the podcast, you've read the book, you've been following, you know, the sober curious hashtag community. Um, but it's like something's just still not resonating for you, right? Because maybe you haven't been, it hasn't been mirrored for you in your life, what's possible. And that's another thing about this circle is the women that come into the program and it's totally fine, however you want to do it, but they're not, they're not really interested in hashtag sober life. They are just interested in hashtag life, you know, and just being like all the things and not giving more energy or information to alcohol than it needs once it's out of their way. Um, and that's the most powerful thing. I mean, that's where I'm at with it in my life where it's, it's completely irrelevant. Right. And I love that. I love it about that, about my life. Um, so when you really start to generate evidence for what you are doing is when you really bring this process to life. So the things really start to change when you take the next steps, when you learn the tools for emotional processing before and after. Okay. So you might feel really good listening to a podcast or reading a book or understanding it, but until you actually apply those principles and those tools into your life, you're not bringing to life the actual concepts. You're not able to really generate evidence for yourself. You can hear it. And it's good to say like, if she can do it, so can I. And that's really what I want to impress upon you. And that's why I read you this testimonial um, because we're all unicorns, right? We're all unique, but the process is the same for everyone. That is why I created this program. I have distilled down the process that works for everyone if you are willing. And it doesn't take long. It's amazing. It's like the giving yourself permission. <sighs> it's like, yes, give yourself permission to change. Give yourself permission to grow, right? And when you really start to see that instead of the change being hard and exhausting, that it's really the alcohol that's hard and exhausting, right? The change, that permission is actually simple and relieving, like it relieves so much of like, oh my God, finally, um, someone just told me, I was so glad that these people visiting, that were visiting me left. Cause I, I, you know, you feel this, it's like, now I can start. Right. But it's not the circumstance, right. Or I'm so glad that Christmas is over. Now I can start. No, 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 no. When you change your mindset, Christmas doesn't mean anything. Right. I don't like 
have all the snacks at, at like, I don't eat all the cr- cr- Christmas cookies at Christmas. I don't drink all the drinks. Like none of that. That's all a mindset, right? Just because the cookies are there doesn't mean you have to eat them, right? Or you have one, right? So this is what I really want to offer you. Like there's no like, oh my gosh, I got through this. Now I can start. It's your life. And when you get to next Christmas, you won't want to drink. You're going to be so excited. You're going to be soaking in your bathtub. You might not even show up (laughs) because I teach people to give themselves permission to do what they want if it feels good. And if you really do want to be there, then I help you focus on your heartfelt intention of why you're there because I don't feel obligated to go to all the family parties and it feels amazing and everyone feels however they want to feel about it, right? So When you ask yourself why and you start just simply talking about it and you bring what has been in the shadows into the light, this is when you birth something new. This is when you create something new because right now it's just a concept in your mind and it's a very tangible concept. Like you can feel the effects of the alcohol, but it's the after and the, um, the evidence that you're going to generate and the implications and the impact on your life that really is just a concept right now. So it's, you know, you have to expose the truth of your thinking by talking about it, by processing it, by sharing it, by writing it down, by getting coached on it essentially. And remember When you birth something, right, it's not running a marathon. You have to get your, the, the baby's legs are wobbly, right? So you, you, you take a little bit of time with it. You're not up and running. And I think that that's, you know, we could add that to, um, to this part about um, number two, that we think it's just about the drinking, right? We don't just Monday morning say we're never drinking again and think it's going to be that that all of that learned behavior for the last 30 years is just going to go away. So you got to give yourself time to get your sea legs and get used to it. But you don't have to do it on your own and that's the best part and that kind of comes full circle to what I was talking about earlier about this belief that we should be able to do it on our own that we asking for support um and thinking that we're really alone and that no one else is going through this. And it's just, it's just not true. So I want you to think about this for yourself as you go into this next week. And next week, I really want to talk about the common objections that I hear for why this won't work, right? For why people believe that it's not for them or an alcohol-free life isn't for them or even getting support or getting coaching isn't for them. So right now on a scale of one to 10 and just pick the first number that comes to your head, how committed are you to making this shift for yourself? Like how bad do you want this? So whatever number first comes to your head, scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I want this, I'm doing it. And then ask yourself, why did you rate it that? Right? What what about it isn't for you? What don't you think is possible for you? And I'm going to answer those objections next week on the show. And so when you really think about drinking less and finding relief on your own and ending the mental exhaustion, what comes up for you? Like, are you like, I'm all in, I'm a hell yeah. And how committed are you to making that work for you? right? Like where aren't you willing to do what it takes and why? Because I know, and I think you know too, if you're listening to the show, 
there's, there's no disadvantage to the work and it literally only impacts every, every area of your life. Um, so I don't need to tell you that, but I think it's good for you to know where, why you're not all in, why you, where on that scale you are, because then you can solve for that problem, right? You can solve to set, to see the reason I think I can't is the reason that I need to. And just to see how resourceful am I willing to be? Like, what would make it a 10 for me? What would make it a 10 for me to go all in, to join the program, to get the support that I need, to get alcohol out of my way, to learn these tools and to get on with living a life full of more joy and ease, right? And to to end this mental exhaustion that I've been going through for so long. And what if the results were guaranteed? Would that change your process? Why or why not? Right? Like if you knew you were going to get the results going in, would that change anything for you? What would still be in the way of getting resourceful enough to make it happen? And I really want you to look at this because I want you to know that your objections are just thoughts. And I want you to see this for yourself. This is such a powerful, powerful self-coaching tool that can give us so much power. And I realize that's the scariest part, right? We're not afraid that it's not going to work. We're afraid of how powerful we will be. So when we take personal responsibility for our results, we have to do it in every area, right? Where we're when we're like, hell yeah, I did that, then we can't get away with anything. But what I'm telling you is then you just realize it doesn't matter. Like you get to the the impact that it has on your mind of what you're making it mean about you is so much less. You know, if you do something that's not in alignment, right? We the when you when you coach this way, when you shift your brain and expand your brain in this way, the way that you're viewing every other area of life, it just is like it's so powerful. And it does take time to settle into how powerful you are. Absolutely. But I know if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are a perfect fit for my program. You have exactly what it takes to get the exact results you want in the shortest amount of time possible, and then to use all of those tools in every other area of your life. So if you have any questions about the program, um, I'm answering them as they come in because I want to make sure that it's as clear as as possible. And the one thing that I'll say um, is... When we do the live coaching, you aren't on there. It's not the same as the community circle. The community circle is optional, and that's why I opened it up to everyone. Um, because it's not like where we come to just get shit done. It's where we come to see that we're not alone. But the 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 weekly coaching isn't done in a webinar format. So whether or not you're on live or you ask a question or you volunteer, you're gonna be getting your answer solved because we're going to be utilizing the same tools again and again and again. So you don't have to volunteer to get coached if you are shy, but the reason you think you can't is the reason you need to. And this, you know, this program I think challenges a lot of people in their ways of 
doing what they think they can't do, doing what's scary. I've seen this for my clients in so many ways where they're so excited about about pushing their own limits and pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. So coming on to get coaching is just another part of the coaching, right? Like it's just another layer of the process. That's what's so cool about coaching is it, it, it the showing up for the accountability of coaching is the coaching itself, right? And so it's uh it's a, it's a little bit meta, but it's true. Um, so anyway, I will leave, um, the email address that you can ask any questions, uh, about the program and make sure you signed up for the newsletter so that you can come into the community circle. And of course the link will be on there for all of the information about how to sign up for the program and come and get what you need so that you can get on with living an amazing life where you can find relief naturally and be drinking less forever. Have an amazing week. Way, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program. It is the last time you will ever have to start the process of stopping again. It's your opportunity to learn a new way of life, free of the burdens of alcohol and find out what's possible when you no longer have the desire to drink. With lifelong access and unlimited live support from me, you will never be left wondering about the how. All you have to know is that you are ready for change. I teach you how to build the clarity, confidence, and commitment you need to be authentically you without alcohol in any situation. It's time to answer the calling of your highest self. Register today by following the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and I will see you on the inside.